you get clarity going through a planning process or discussion and you come to a realization that some things are a great fit at this time and maybe some things are not as much of a fit now. Welcome to the All Things Retirement Podcast with certified financial planner, Anthony Alpha. Here's your host, Ben George. Today, we got a great show in store for you. We got a pretty busy list of things to go down, and uh, we'll start things off with a little headline. We'll get some reaction on a, a recent survey that came out on retirement accounts and saving. We got a little getting to know you question for Anthony today, and we got a financial dictionary. We're going to try to explain backdoor Roth IRAs. You probably heard about it. So, what exactly is that? And our main topic today is on the worst financial products, and not necessarily bad products, but products that do not fit your needs and your goals and should not be a part of your retirement plan. So that's what we have in store for this episode of All Things Retirement. And let me welcome in now Anthony Alfo to the show. Anthony, how are things in the office? Everything's going pretty good overall. It's a busy time of year with it being tax season and still dealing with uh, people's New Year's resolutions as to <laughs> wanting to get into financial shape. So still have the need and want to to do that, which is great. Having the energy before the summertime kicks in soon. That sounds good. It's I'm looking, flying by. It is, man. And I'm looking forward to the summer, the summer months. You know, hopefully things settle down. We get back out. We can move around and, and get on the golf course or just enjoy whatever we want to do with our lives and not be worried about the social distancing. I'm I'm not a. I've gotten kind of tired of that phrase. I've heard it so much over the last uh, few weeks <laughs> that I'm ready to move on and get back to to the regular life. So, hopefully, we'll be doing that soon. But you know, today's show is as always much like the Cardinal Wealth Group, uh, their core to educate, enlighten, and empower. That's what we want to do on today's episode of the show. Uh, you can check out all past episodes online at cardinalwg.com if you haven't done that. Plus, a lot of other resources there, including the tax-free retirement toolkit that they offer over Cardinal Wealth Group. You can get that for free online at cardinalwg.com. So let's move into the episodes, begin things off with a headline. Extra, extra, read all about it. Uh, I saw this recent study. I thought it was interesting. I wanted to get your reaction to it, Anthony. So uh, the Department of Treasury had a new study that showed that for every dollar Americans save in retirement accounts, they're pulling out 20 cents of that dollar too early. So that means they're getting taxed, they're getting penalized. This doesn't seem like a very smart plan of attack. I would agree. I would be feeling pretty upset if I was losing 20% of my hard-earned money uh, that I didn't have to you know, pay to somebody else overall. And so I think that you're seeing that a lot because, well, a lot of studies already show that individuals do not make the most efficient choices or rational choices when it comes to things, and those things include retirement planning. And so, you know, being aware of the penalties and the different types of accounts that you can save into going into retirement will help you to have options for when you get to retirement so that you're not taking money out of an account that's going to have some type of surrender penalty associated with it or some additional tax or fee that you would otherwise would have been able to avoid had you maybe thought a little bit or somebody helped you think through on what's the best way to save for this goal called you know retirement. So I think when it comes to another example that kind of comes to mind, I'm thinking about is um, maybe clients that have some social security and maybe they start at one of those and they're also 
you know, trying to create an income stream that they need with regards to their retirement budget and not looking at the different tax rates that happen when you start a social security, when you start pulling money out of your IRA. And I see this a lot. You know, people get into the 12% bracket, which for married people, it's at the top of say $80,000. And then the next dollar that they earn, they're in the 22% bracket. And that's a 84% change. And so if you had some money, let's say in a Roth account, we could have pulled the money out of there tax-free and save some of those other dollars from being pulled out at 22% instead of 12. From a dollar's perspective, a dollars and cents perspective, let's use $10,000. The difference there is paying $1,200 in taxes versus $2,200 in taxes, which is a lot of money at the end of the day. And sometimes by pulling more money out of your IRA, maybe your social security goes from you know 50% of it being taxed now to closer to 85% of it being taxed. Because sometimes when you pull money from other places, it inadvertently affects other things like social security or Medicare tax and things like that. So it's confusing. It's really confusing for the average person who's not looking at this every day. So I definitely empathize with them. But I would certainly be upset if some if I had to pay a lot more money than I really needed to. And that, and that can happen. Yeah. And that's why you need to take the approach to when you're putting money in your retirement accounts, know that it's got to be in there for a while. It's not money that you know you need to be pulling out unless you know it's absolutely necessary. Go in there with the mindset that this is for a long-term uh, retirement savings. So that's the idea. But uh, that's the recent survey that we wanted to talk about a little bit. It's getting to know you time. Now let's move into a little getting to know you question for Anthony. We haven't done this in a couple of shows. So wanted to uh, look at uh, Anthony's life outside of the office, outside of finance and retirement planning and get a question by this. I know you enjoy, Anthony, being a financial planner um, over there at Cardinal Wealth Group. I know you enjoy going to work every day. <laughs> it's something you love. But if all jobs had the same pay, the same hours, what other job would you want to have? Well, certainly if I could do it, I would be a professional sports athlete and probably golf, basketball, or maybe ice hockey, I guess. Ice but hockey, okay. Go golf has a long career there, so you can do that for a long time. And But let's just, that's, I think, pretty easy. So I think, you know, thinking through, I, I'd probably go to being some type of golf teacher, a golf pro, because I really enjoy educating and teaching people. And so knowing uh, a lot about the golf swing is I spent plenty of money since I've been <laughs> about 10 years old to 37 years old on golf instructions. And I would, you know, enjoy helping people in that and, and spending time at the course and just being outside. Those are some of the things that I like doing and talking shop when it comes to golf swings, like a little bit of a nerd in me. So I think that's something I would do. It's a super tough profession uh, from an income and, you know, you might have to move your family around and, and things like that. So it sounds great and glamorous. And I'm not talking about a golf pro on television. I'm talking about the people every day that are working on a golf course mm -hmm. uh, or, or make their living teaching people how to swing a golf club. It's, it's much different than, you know, sunshine and palm trees, you know, right. they, they go through a grind. So if, if maybe that grind wasn't there and all things were equal, that might be something that I would have, uh, spent more time in. Okay. When, uh, when will you get a golf club into Rosie's hand? Uh, as soon as she can stand. Okay. So hopefully within the next couple of months and now I, I 
think that I will get a I, my grandfather gave me my first golf club and I actually have it in my office and oh, cool. I um, have it right here next to me, ironically. But uh, that was, I think, three years old. So it was a ladies club that was chopped down. And uh, so that's I'll probably end up doing something similar for her. Very cool. Yeah, I plan on doing the same thing. If nothing else, uh, at least let me get out the golf course a little bit more. If I've got an excuse, I'm taking her with me to, to teach her. At least I can maybe hit a few more golf balls along the way. But That's what my dad called babysitting. <laughs> exactly. That's my plan. I like your dad. I, I, can, I can agree with him quite a bit. Uh, all right, let's move into our main topic today uh, on the show. And that's going to be on worse financial products. And we're not talking about you know, bad financial products per se. There's not really any such thing as a bad financial product, but there are certainly inappropriate investments out there for people in certain situations. So let's let's explore some examples of those kinds of situations on this episode, because you might be surprised just how common it is for people to be invested in products that are ill-suited for their goals. So first things first, would you agree, Anthony, with the statement that there really aren't any bad financial products out there, really just ones that are bad fits for certain people? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you can be honest. We're all about honesty yeah, I, here. I, th- I think there's some not so good ones out there. Look, from the standpoint of comparing it to another product that does a similar thing, I think that there are some products that either a do not perform on a comparable basis. You know, meaning maybe you don't get as much bang for your buck, or maybe you're paying. 40, 50% more for a product that you could get for 40 or 50% cheaper. And so I would say that those could be some less than ideal financial products that you would want if you otherwise knew that there was something else out there that was very similar that does the same thing, only better or cheaper. Okay. Diplomatic answer, and I can appreciate that. Um, all right, so think about some clients that you've worked with. I'm sure yeah. you've had some that have come in there into your office with some very, very poorly fitted financial products in their portfolio. Can you think back to maybe an example of one, some of the, the worst fitting financial products you've seen? Absolutely, and I think it's a tough it's a tough conversation, especially when the person comes in and they don't have any realization of it, mm-hmm. and they might even come out there and say, I've done all these different things, which is definitely something to congratulate people on for taking action because it's already hard enough. It's a lot easier just to you know, open up the top drawer in your desk and throw the statements and, and worry about it another time. And to think forward you know, 20 years and say, I'm going to do stuff like this or five years in advance is something that you should commend somebody for. But a lot of times people do walk in, they plop their life savings on my desk and products, statements, whatever they might have and say, you know, how am I doing? And you spend some time going through it. And, you know, sometimes it comes out that it's less than ideal. So I think about this one person who purchased this, uh, it was like an insurance, life insurance product, but, you know, you could save into it and it had a cash value accumulation. And they basically, you know, going through a discovery with me had planned to basically use this as like a pension plan where they were going to take out the money over 15, 20 years. So they put in all this money into an insurance plan, not using it for like just, you know, life insurance purposes, but really as more of a savings vehicle. And when I looked at it, it had some assumptions of there in there built in that like it was going to earn, need to earn 7% on average or else, well, I didn't know what or else was. And that's where I started kind of 
pulling back the curtain a little bit more and realized that, you know, we should probably test this thing out. So basically what happened is that they did a great job saving into a vehicle. They were saving about $150,000 a year into this insurance product. And basically when we called the insurance company to say, hey, what happens if we don't average 7%? Because if you think about the last decade, it might have been something that was actually reasonable that could have happened. And I, you know, this was about a year, 18 months ago. And so we said, well, what happens if you only average 5% and actually the policy blew up, meaning all that money that this person saved into it would go away and they wouldn't be able to basically get that 15, 20 years of income that they were planning to get out of Mm. it. So that one always comes to mind. And uh, so just want to make sure that understanding what guarantees you have built in what what some of those structured products which I'm not saying that they they don't have a place for they they do a lot of great things but sometimes the way that they're sold or marketed might not be exactly what it's all cracked up to be so you might just want to get it into a more black and white scenario and use reasonable assumptions in that situation okay i'm guessing you probably come across these ill-suited uh, investments quite a bit. Do you, I mean, do people realize or understand how they got into them in the first place? Or is it all just kind of like, yeah, I don't really know how that happened. I, th- I thought it was a good idea or I was you know, led in this direction. I mean, do they kind of have a justification for why they're in it? I think there's a good segment that come in that don't really know what they have and why they have it. And then you have a lot of people that maybe through a friend, family member, an advisor that had an intention to take action to save for their future. And it maybe didn't pan out quite as good as what they thought it was going to be when they bought it. And I think maybe a third sub, maybe a subgroup there might also be that, you know, when you're 45 or 50, you might not exactly know everything that you need for retirement and, and what exactly you want and what it's going to look like. And sometimes you get these investments that are a jack of all trades, but a master of none, where it can be a you know a life insurance benefit, it has a cash value investment, it has a long-term care component to it. And then when you get to retirement, you're like, you know, I just need something that's going to help me with long-term care. And this thing doesn't really do that that great. And I might just be better off putting the money towards a regular long-term care plan instead of having this Swiss army knife of, of an investment. I got you. Makes sense. So if somebody is in this situation, because, you know, when you're out with, when you're not with a financial planner or professional and you don't have that person to lean on, you know, it's easy to make mistakes. There's easy to find products that look like they're great, fit you well, but they don't. Uh, If you find yourself in this situation, is all hope lost or, you know, are you able to get out of these products and and move into something more suitable? Yeah. And I think, you know, sometimes you just, you get clarity going through a planning process or discussion and you come to a realization that some things are a great fit at this time, and maybe some things are not as much of a fit now. And that can be the same with like an asset allocation where you're made a, a killing in the market for the last decade, and now you are you know 65 years old. It might make sense to change that allocation a little bit where it's not quite as well suited for where you're going to, where you need to start taking income. And, and so in other cases, as you brought up, there can be products that have more things or in a fine print that say, you know, if you get out of this too soon, you can have some type of penalty. And so sometimes there can be a penalty that will be there. And sometimes that penalty is worth just ripping the bandaid off, paying it and getting on track to what you really need. And sometimes it makes more sense to just 
wait out that maybe surrender period if it's a certain type of annuity or insurance product. You know, it's just really going to depend on how bad of this product is in terms of not being a fit for you. Or maybe you just work around it and work on other things that you are equally as important and you wait for this thing to you know get out of its surrender period. So it, I think it just depends, but not all hope is lost. Just because you bought something, a lot of times there is a way out. It's just a matter of now or should we, we wait a little bit longer? And it sounds like you can, you know, if you get out of these investments, it can really have a pretty significant impact on your retirement plan and, and the progress that you're able to make, right? That's exactly right. So you really got to test it and say, what's the cost for me to stay in this versus what's the opportunity cost for me to get into something else, even if I have to take a, a step back you know, in order to take a leap forward. And so that's going to be the way we do this all the time where we do annuity testing and we're looking at it and saying, from a benefit standpoint, by getting out of this, is there something else that's going to pay you at a higher amount, which is going to give you more income or maybe save you a lot more money because you're paying twice as much as what you should be. And so that's what you really got to look at in terms of these suitable or, or less than desirable investments as it relates to your plan as to whether or not it makes sense to kind of jump out of them now or, or kind of hold on for them. Yeah. And if you haven't had anybody look over your your portfolio and look at the different products that you're invested in, now's a great time to do so and make sure that you are on the right track and that you're not in any ill-suited uh, investments because it can definitely sidetrack your goals and, and what you want your outcome to be once you get into retirement. So, you know, things since, change over time. Absolutely. You know, so, uh, these companies too are, you know, are trying to make products that are better at a lower cost too knowing that, for example, fees is, is something that's a certainly a very important thing for companies to keep trying to save more money in terms of cost and with technology. And so things do change over time where they become more efficient to make a change eventually as well. Or you look at things like life insurance where you know people are living longer, so the cost of insurance, even though you're getting older, goes down a little bit. It's not a bad idea just to check to make sure you know, it hasn't gotten a little bit cheaper. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we, we talk about this from the perspective of, uh, you know, getting into bad investments to begin with, but sometimes you get in good investments and they become investments that don't fit you anymore because of those changes along the way. So yeah, that's a great point to make to close it out. So if you have any questions uh, or want somebody to look over your portfolio, Anthony and his team at Cardinal Wealth Group will be happy to do that with you. They do it all the time with clients that come in that uh, want a second opinion on what they're invested in, and he can help you do that. So get in touch with him at cardinalwg.com or over the phone 609-605-2808. I want to wrap up the show, Anthony, with a little financial dictionary. I promoted it at the beginning of the show, but I saw seen this term thrown out multiple times, especially as Roths become more popular. But I want a little clarification on exactly what it means, what the strategy is behind this. But what is a backdoor Roth IRA? Yeah, so that's going to be a a move, if you will, for somebody who is wants to get money into a Roth IRA that otherwise wouldn't be able to make a Roth IRA contribution, maybe typically due to how much income they're making that year. So basically there's phase out rules, depending on if you're married or not married in terms of how much income that you make, whether or not you can actually make a Roth IRA contribution. So assuming you're not able to because you're phased out, Uh, I want to say for a single person, it's somewhere around, say, $95,000 of modified adjusted gross income. Basically, that just means all the income that you made 
in that year, basically, including Social Security, whether or not you can make that contribution. And if you're married, it's somewhere closer to about $200,000. It, it phases out. So it's like 188 to like 213, something in that world. At any rate, so if you're kind of phased out and you can't make a Roth IRA contribution, what you can do is actually put money into a an IRA, a traditional IRA, if you will, and then convert that money to a Roth IRA after. So there's this thing called a Roth conversion, and that's basically where you can take money that's in your IRA and convert it to Roth IRA. And that's basically just paying taxes on money that you otherwise would have basically gotten a... Uh, tax deduction for and you're paying the taxes on it now. And then you what you get to do is move it from your traditional IRA to a Roth IRA where it grows tax free forever. And so that's that's the way that you do it. But you certainly want to be careful of some of the hang ups that could happen there as well. Okay. Well so that's good to know. A little financial dictionary. We try to educate as we uh, we do on most on every show is try to teach you something new along the way and uh, back to a Roth IRA. Something that I've heard quite a bit about but uh, I guess I'm not a high enough earner right now, Anthony, to maybe <laughs> need that in my strategies, but maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that you know, a lot of people want to make sure that they are utilizing their money in the most tax-efficient manner. And so some people who have money sitting on the sidelines in a taxable account, not really earning much money and could otherwise be contributed to a Roth where it could grow you know, in the future tax-free have an opportunity there that they would be able to put their money to work for. They just want to make sure that when they're doing that, that they're working with somebody to help walk them through on how to execute it because you could actually end up paying uh, more taxes than what you should going through that process. And you probably don't want to use your traditional IRA, the one that you might already have. Currently, you don't want to typically use that. You want to use a separate one. So just to make sure, I know we probably short on time, just make sure that you're doing that in the most uh, efficient manner and avoiding any of those penalties or um, unneeded unwanted taxes. Yeah. And I'd say if anybody's considering that or thinks that might fit their needs, sit down with an advisor or professional and figure this out and see what all the considerations that you need to be making are and make sure you don't get tripped up on anything. Um, so that's, uh, that's important to know. But that's a good explanation, Anthony. I appreciate that. And, and thanks for the time on everything today. A lot covered today in the news and uh, with the worst financial products in terms of just getting yourself out of investments that don't fit your needs. That's important. And that's what an advisor is there for. So contact Anthony, his team, Cardinal Wealth Group, online, cardinalwg.com. Also over the phone, 609-605-2808. A lot of resources on that website as well. Plus, you can catch up on any past episodes of the podcast that you missed. So, Anthony, thanks again for your time, man. Thank you. Have a great day. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.